Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. he said he would never leave us nor will he forsake us he would always be there when we're on the mountaintop when we're in the valley even when we're in the sea he would always be there he will make sure that we do not drown when there's that fire he will be that first person in the fire and that fire might be burning around us but we will not burn not a hair will burn in the mighty name of Jesus so when the government decides that the, the gas and electricity bill will be 54%, God will make provision. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. So none of us will beg for bread in the name of Jesus. Even when we don't have a job, we will not beg for bread because we know who our father is. He says he has a, 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 a thousand, a, a cattle upon a thousand hills. The gold is his and the silver also in the mighty name of Jesus. All we need to do is to ask. He says we have not because we ask not. Ask so that your joy will be full. Oftentimes we don't ask. It is not God's fault. If my father has 10 million in the bank account with my name on it and I do not claim it, whose fault is it? It's my fault. I saw that when I went to Nigeria this time around, there was a land that my dad bought in my name. Papers, everything, the plan. He bought it in 1978. Nobody claimed it. Guess what? They've built a beautiful house on top of it. Because I did not claim. I did not know. But there are times that we know. But we still do not claim. Because we don't want to sacrifice what it takes to go and claim. Sister Manuela was talking about fasting on Friday. We don't want to fast. We don't want to wake up in the night and pray. And because of that... We can't receive what God has for us. God is always speaking. Are we always listening? Hallelujah. Amen. Let's take our seats in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Sacrificial me. Sacrificial me. Not sacrifice. 
sacrificial me. Auntie, if you're not in church today, what would you be doing? You'd be sleeping, right? If you ask me, I'll probably be in the gym, right? Having a sauna or in the steam room or the jacuzzi. But every one of us had to sacrifice for us to be here this morning. Every one of us. Because there are other things that you would rather be doing. Yes, Auntie said, it might not be profitable, but there are things that you might think, oh, you know what? It's, was it cold this morning? My goodness, it was cold. It was cold this morning. So I would rather have been wrapped up, you know, in that duvet if I didn't have to step out of the house. But we are here today because we want to come and fellowship and we want to come and meet with our Father. Sacrificial me. And I pray that everyone who sacrifices unto the Lord, not that I even pray, because I know that is what his word says. Our sacrifice will never go in vain in the mighty name of Jesus. That is his promise concerning us. The Bible says, do not be weary in doing good. For in due time and in due season, you will reap. If what? You faint not. Let us be encouraged. Hallelujah. I want to remind us of the scripture the Lord gave us at the beginning of this year. Arise. That was his word. Arise. And for two reasons, I'm going to remind us. One, because it's important that we continue to remind ourselves. And also because it ties into the message we have for this month. Romans chapter 13. And I'm just going to read it from the, from the message version. It says, I'll read from verse 11. It says, but make sure that you don't go, you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-to-day -day obligations that you lose track of the time and you doze off. This morning in the car we were talking about how time flies. A baby that I had was born, I would almost say like last month, is going to be two years old tomorrow. How time flies. God help us to redeem the times so that we do not waste our days. And that's what scripture tells us. It says we should not be oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. It says be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work that he began when, he first, when we first believed. He says we can't afford to waste one minute. Not one minute can we afford to waste. And we must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence. Is there any indulgence? We should not waste that time in sleeping around and dissipation over indulgence. In bickering, is there any bickering in the church? Is there any grabbing anything, you know? Oh, yeah, this is, a, oh, yeah, I'm in it. Oh, that, I'm in it. 
Not asking God what he wants us to do. It says, get out of bed and get dressed. You know, when you get out of bed, you have a shower and you get dressed. It's because you've got something doing, isn't it? I mean, there are days I sit at home and I'm in my pajamas all day. That's because I've got no, nowhere going. But when you get up and you get dressed, that means that, you know, there's stuff that you need to do. And most likely they're outside of the house. So God is saying, get up. Awake from your sleep. Awake from your slumber. It's time to arise. He said we should stop loitering and lingering. Waiting on to the last minute. How many people are last minute people? You need to repent. Amen. You know, because there are things that God wants us to do. Let's begin. Let's start. Be about our father's business. Because when we leave things to the last minute, we're not able to fulfill them the way God wants us to fulfill them. We're rushing. We're making mistakes. We're forgetting things. I'm very good when it comes to, you know, I, I, I'm a spreadsheet person. Even when I'm traveling, I have a spreadsheet. These are my to-do lists. These are the things I need to do on certain days. Just to help me not to forget. So God is saying to us, don't be a last-minute person. Dress yourselves in Christ. That bit I love. Because when we dress ourselves in Christ, the chances of us going astray is nil. As in zero. Because we're dressing ourselves in Christ. In Christ alone. That way, when we're doing things, or even before we do things, we hear the voice of the Lord. This is the way. Walk there in it. We wouldn't make those mistakes of the flesh. Because there's Christ in us, our hope of glory. Amen. Hallelujah. So that was just the starter. So our message for today, sacrificial me. We're going to take our main scripture for this month or the, for today and next, next week from Isaiah 53. And I'm also going to read from the message version because I just like it, the way it breaks it down. Isaiah 53, 79. So I'm believe that, I believe that you all have your Bibles electronically or physically with you. So let's utilize those. It says, he was bitten and he was tortured. Now, that word torture, it says, is to, it, 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 torture is the action or practice of inflicting severe pain or suffering on someone as a punishment or in order to force them to do or to say something. And I'm sure we've heard that word so many times in the news, where someone has been tortured to confess to something that they have not done. The ones that happened years and years ago was never the first. This was the first. It happened to our Lord Jesus Christ. But the Bible says, he, but he said, 
he didn't say a word. Now, you see, where they torture people, and they say, well, um, did you say this? Or did you do this? And they're hitting them. You know, eventually, um, initially they'll say, no, I didn't. I wasn't guilty. I wasn't there. I didn't do it. But we're being told that our Lord Jesus, even though he knew, even though those torturing him knew that he was not guilty, he said nothing, not even a word came out of his mouth. The Bible says, like a lamb taken to the slaughter and like a sheep being sheared, he took it all in silence. Justice miscarried and he was led off. So there was that judgment. And I've just put beside my note, this is the greatest miscarriage of justice. You know, you hear people, oh, you know what, they've sent them to prison for 10 years or for something they didn't, a crime they did. But while they were in prison, they were fighting for their, they were fighting their innocence. And to everyone that won their case, there was an amount that the government had to repay back to them for all those years that were lost. But our Lord Jesus Christ, had the greatest miscarriage of justice. He says he died without a thought for his own welfare. Ah. He wasn't thinking about himself. He wasn't thinking about how he was going to exonerate himself. Crucified between two criminals. All he was thinking about is the joy that was set for him, before him. Because the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, Christ endured. He endured the lashes. He enjoyed the pain. He enjoyed, endured the torture. He enjoyed, endured being crucified for my sins, for your sins. So that we can come back in fellowship with our Father. That was the ultimate sacrifice. Even though he, he did not hurt a soul. Even though he said not even one bad word did he say to anyone. But he went through it. Because he knew that at the end of it... Myself and you will be sitting here today listening to his word. Because he knew that if he went through it, millions, billions will come to the knowledge of the truth of the word of God. For the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. But for Christ, where would we be? Hopeless and helpless. Every single one of us. We won't be here. But for Jesus Christ, how far, how far are you prepared to put your feet into the deep? You know, a few years ago, I, 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 I went to, I was in Portugal, and <laughs> don't laugh at me. I go, I go swimming, I love swimming, but it was my first time of being, you know, in a sea, right? 
And I saw people swimming and going, and I'm like, hmm, you better be careful. And I thought, you know what, why not try it? But you know what, you get to the sea, a swimming pool, you can see the bottom of it. You get to a sea, and you're looking, and you're thinking, hmm, I don't know what's underneath this. And I put one feet in, and I put another feet in. And then when it got to my waist, I thought, yeah, you better not take any undue chances. But you, I saw people swimming out, swimming out. And I thought, yeah, let me copy them. But it got to a point, I said, you better just go back, yeah, yeah. Because I could not see the bottom of the sea. But you see, it takes faith. It takes faith. Now, my faith got me to my waist that day. Maybe the next time, it will get me further up. But that was how far my faith could go that day. So when we talk about sacrifice, sacrificial, our sacrifice unto the Lord, it is not by flesh, it is by faith. Knowing that God who has called us would always be there with us. How far are you prepared to go? How many people have said, I do, in marriage? For better, for worse. It's great when it's better. How far are you prepared to go? When it comes to the worst. When the going gets tough, what happens? Well, not for everyone. Not for everyone. And you know what? I agree there are certain situations you have to get out of. So don't let um, pally pally that. You know, if your life's at danger, there are certain situations you have to get out of. But then there are certain situations that God gives you grace to be able to endure. You know, no matter how much you love someone, no matter how much you love someone, how far can you go with them? How far? As far as they want you to go with them. You can't go past the grave. I love you, I love you, I love you. When they're ready to go down six foot, that's how far you can go. No matter how much. But our Lord Jesus Christ, he did that. And he would do it again if he had to. But the Bible tells us that his sacrifice was once and for all. There was no need. There's no need for him to do it again. But if there was a need for him to do it again, in a heartbeat, he would do it again. I say this to say, you know, no matter how much we say we sacrifice, we, cannot, we can't come close to God's sacrifice for us. Jesus went all the way. All the way. He paid with his blood. You know, you and I have not been called to pay with our blood. 
And I'm not talking about blood donation here. We're not called to sacrifice our physical blood for somebody in that respect. For their sins. All we're called to do is to emulate Christ Jesus. He's our brother. We're joint heirs. And on Friday, we, 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 we read the scripture that we're sons. We've been adopted into the family of God. And if we're sons and daughters, that, and we're co-heirs with Christ Jesus. So that means that what Jesus has been called to do, we are also called to do that. Is that right? We want the benefits, but we don't want the suffering. For the joy that was set before him. Christ endured. Endured suffering. Endured pain. You know, have you ever heard, you know, someone say, Ah, I sacrificed so much for you. I did so much for you. <laughs> I did so much. If you know how much I sacrificed for you to go to school, for you to get into that university, for you to go to that college, for you to have the outfit you're wearing. Sacrifice. And as much as that is true, it doesn't come close. It does not come close at all. I'm not negating it, but I'm just giving us a picture here of what Christ did for us. You know, this month, in a couple of weeks, we'll be celebrating. We'll be celebrating Easter in our Christian calendar. But ideally, we should be celebrating every week, every day. Reminding ourselves of what Christ did. And that's why it says, clothe yourself in Christ. Clothe yourself in Christ. You know, a few weeks ago when I was in Nigeria, I, you know, I just sat down, I was meditating, and I was writing down some thoughts on honor. You know, I actually wrote a whole piece on that. And, you know, placing those emphasis, you know, on what, it's, what it costs to honor someone, to respect someone, to someone you love, someone you hold in high esteem. What is the cost to you? And next week, we'll be talking about, you know, the cost and benefit analysis of sacrifice. You see, one thing is you can, you can love someone. You cannot love someone without sacrificing for them. And you cannot sacrifice, you cannot truly sacrifice for someone without loving them. Is that true? You cannot, if you say you love someone, you would, at some point, you would sacrifice. Either you're sacrificing your time, you're sacrificing your money, you're sacrificing your prayer. There will be something that you will sacrifice for that person if you truly love them. So, let's take a very quick look at a scenario here. Um, and maybe I'll put out a question. I like asking questions. 
How many of you would take on a job without a job description? No one. What? Not even one person. Oh, come on, Sam. You wouldn't. You wouldn't take on a job without a job description. Why not? You need to know what you're doing. Wow. Come on, auntie. You wouldn't. <laughs> you won't take on a job without a job description. Okay. That's Michael. What about are you on my side? Would you take on a job without a job description? Okay. That does that mean I'm on my own? No, job description. Basically telling you this and this is this what you'll be doing. I said job description. I said job description. No job, no job title. Okay, great. Yes. Yeah. Evo. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> I, li I like that. <laughs> right. So, when God says, you read a scripture earlier on Marema. Jesus said to the sons of Zebedee, what did he say? And, was there a job description? How, how well did they know Jesus? Exactly. That is my point. Auntie. That is my point. They, but they followed him. There was something that they believed in. And they followed him. That's right. But they didn't have a job description. Good. But, auntie. Make it. They didn't know Jesus, though. Yes. What, 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 what does that even mean? I will make you fishers of men. It takes, it, it takes the Holy Spirit for you to know what that means. It takes the Holy Spirit. So I would like to believe, rightly or wrongly, right, that they did not have a job description. And one other person that I want to talk about who did not have a job description, right, is the Apostle Paul. Amen? So 2 Corinthians, I know we're, you know, we're pushed for time, but I, I, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 22, right? And this is Paul, you know, talking to the church in Corinth, and he was, you know, Paul was boasting about, about his suffering. But what I really want to point out here, and this is where I'm going with this, 
you know, in terms of, you know, the job description or not the job description, is our spiritual job description, right? Because each one of us has a spiritual job description. And Auntie said, Auntie Naomi said something just now. She said, when you follow God, he would unveil. I mean, those were not her exact words, but he will show you, you know, what next you need to do. And that is based on the faith that we have in the person that has called us. I think now, because we know exactly relationship, because we know him, right? We can say, yes, I will follow you and you will show me. You would unveil, 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 unveil. But when you look at the Bible times, they did not, they did not know Jesus how we know him now. When Paul met Jesus on the way to Damascus, right? All he knew was that there was a greater power. And that is why he said, uh, oh, what was the word he used? When he said, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? He knew there was a greater power than the power that was directing what he was doing, persecuting the Christians. But he did not know Jesus the way we know Jesus now. So let's just go read through some of the stuff that he went through. Hallelujah. We're talking about sacrificial me. It says, verse 22, it says, are they, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more than they have. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped many times without number, faced death again and again. Five times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. That's 195 times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced dangers from my own people, the Jews as well as the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and, in, and on the seas. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty, and I have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. And that's not even all. It says, besides all this, I have a daily burden on my heart for all the churches. Besides everything that he has been through. And I do not burn with anger. 32 says, when I was in Damascus, the governor under King Aretas kept guards at the city gates to catch me. I had to be lured into a basket through the window in the city wall to escape from him. But he never gave up. 
How many of us would like a CV like this? Let's be honest with ourselves. How many of us would like a job description? If God has said, this is your job description. But you know, God gives us grace. And God gave Paul the grace. And my prayer for each one of us today is that as we stand and we say we're sacrificing for God, he will give us that grace. He will give us the boldness. He will give us what it takes to be able to do what Paul did and to even do much more than what Paul did. So that when that time comes, we can wear that crown of glory. But it takes sacrifice. It takes for us to sacrifice ourselves and say, Father, into your hands. Your life, my life is in your hands. Whatever it is you've called me to do. It takes a lot. It takes boldness. It takes courage. It takes faith. It takes humbling ourselves. But we can do it. Paul did not have two heads. He had one head. Sacrifice is what God did for us by sending Jesus Christ. Sacrifice is what can we do for God. And not what can God do for me. He's already done what he needs to do for us. Sacrifice is those sleepless nights to pray. It's those foodless days to fast. It's sharing our resources. It's doing whatever it takes to see the, the perishing generation come to the knowledge of God. That is what sacrifice is all about. You see, Jesus said, whatever it is that we've done, he's done for us, we can also do likewise. We should do likewise. And that's the commandment that he's given us. If Christ sacrificed his life, how much are we prepared to sacrifice? Or is it when it's time for us to sacrifice, we start binding the devil and, oh, get thee behind me, Satan. And I'll be honest with us, to sacrifice is not easy. And it's not cheap. I was, I was looking at a parallel between sacrifice and honor. It's not cheap. But it's worth it. When we look at the joy that is set before us, we will sacrifice today. The Bible says he was oppressed. He was tortured. Pulled like a lamb to the slaughter for me and for you. So that we can come to the knowledge of, the, of Christ so that we can be redeemed from death. That is what Christ did for us. And it's important that every single day of our lives, as often as we remember, as often as we commune, 
that we remember what Christ did for us. And we tell ourselves that nothing is off limits. When God says, I want you to do this. You know, oftentimes we look at ourselves and say, we can't do it. And it's true, we can't do it. But Christ in us can do it. And that's why we have the Holy Spirit. So that where we are weak, he is strong. The Bible says we do not know how to pray. But the Holy Spirit enables us. And it's not just about prayer. It's about every other thing that God has called us to do. If we can do everything that we need to do, then we don't need God. Why are we relying on God then? But the, you see, God's vision for us, God's purpose for us is always going to be bigger than what we can do. Always. And that's why we need to rely on him. I want to encourage us this morning that we should sacrifice. Our sacrifice is not unto man. It is unto the Lord. And as we sacrifice our lives, as we sacrifice unto the Lord, our sacrifice has to be holy, has to be acceptable, pleasing in his sight. Because when there was no way, he was the one that made a way. He made a way for us to enter into the kingdom. He made a way for us to enter. Otherwise, we would have been dead in our trespasses. That song talks about what? The beautiful exchange? It was such a beautiful exchange. And I'm going to round up this by reading one of my favorite scriptures. If I can't find where I wrote it. And I want to read it in the message Bible. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 in the message. So as a roundup, I encourage us, as in the words of the Apostle Paul, he says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping us. Amen? Take your everyday, ordinary lives, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. He says he doesn't want sacrifices of goats and rams and all that. He wants a humble and a contrite spirit. He says don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. It says you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you. Sacrifice. As we clothe ourselves in Christ, we would recognize what he wants from us. And we should quickly respond to it. It says unlike the culture that's around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best in you. Amen. 
And I pray that the Lord will bring out the best in each and every one of us as we sacrifice unto the Lord, not unto man, but unto God in everything that we do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk. We hope you were blessed.